0: City Image. What is up, family? We are back in 2021. Welcome to the first episode of 2021. We made it through 2020 by the grace of God. You know who we are. You are listening to the City Image podcast. And I'm so grateful to be able to... Record this with my, with my team. God's been really uh, faithful. We got a lot to even chop up, chop it up in terms of you know what we're what we're trying to do moving forward with the podcast. But we're just looking forward to another year, man, of just bringing in- impactful content into the lives of our listeners and continuing to grow our audience even more. So you know who I am. I am Brian, the theological giant. But I'm alongside some good other. Men and women. Why don't y'all introduce them? Introduce yourselves to the people.
1: This is Varlene the Wild Thorn Bear. You already know. Okay. It's Lordess Anita standing
2: in her personhood in 2021. Continue to stand, continue to stand.
0: It's
3: Clay, aka Young Cleasy, aka Donnell Sterling, just, you know, trying to be that friend that says inappropriate things sometimes that you think twice about bringing somewhere.
0: That's what's up. You know, the Lord's working on you, but hey, you know, we, we have all kinds of people on this podcast. <laughs> the Lord's working on us all. But yeah, man. So, man we back man it feels good 2021 is feeling good i hope that it's been feeling good to your to each of our viewers as well you know i'm praying that the lord you know obviously things you know i don't know much has changed for 2020 we're still in the midst of a pandemic we got a new variants and all of that other rona coming up but you know god's been protecting us man i I know for myself personally i'm super thankful nobody that i know that i know have had the virus and you know people that i know for the most part who've had it have survived but, you know, continuing to pray for our nation, continue to pray for, you know, people, because I'm sure by now you know somebody, or not you yourself, have been deeply impacted by the virus. So that's always, you know, something that we're concerned about. Praying for our new president and vice president. Since we took a break from last year, Biden and Harris won the presidency. So we're going to continue to, you know, pray for them. We hope that they give us... Four years that were better than the last four years in terms of leadership. And, you know, we're we're just going to continue to hope in God as we look toward the future. So, yeah, before we get started, I did want to just update the audience. And, you know, we've definitely been continuing to think about how we want to structure City Image, how we want to bring content that, you know, reflects the personality of the people on this podcast, but also I think better reflects, you know, the urban space, that the old urban Christian space. And I think that one of the things that we did a lot last year, and I think because the tone of last year dictated it, was that we focused a lot on justice issues. We focused a lot on issues that were very pertinent to minorities, obviously, you know, we had police brutality was big, coronavirus was big, still is big. So we really felt the need to dedicate entire episodes to dealing with that. And we still will. But we also, I think one thing I was thinking about that kind of struck me was that, you know, the experience of people of color, urban people in the city, it's just so much deeper than just justice issues, you know, and while we want to be a podcast that, highlights that because that's so important for you know people you know urban spaces and Christians in urban spaces trying to think about what scripture has to say to those things i think that life as a human is so much deeper than that so we want to be a podcast i think that begins to diversify some of the things that we talked about and so i think moving forward some of the things you're going to see in this podcast is we're going to be talking a lot more about other uh, issues um, in culture you know, of course, from from a Christian urban perspective, but we're going to be talking, you know, you, you know, it's going to be, and we've done episodes like this in the past, like we've had episodes on Black Panther and, you know, we reviewed Kendrick Lamar's album. And so we want to get back to that, man. Christians who are not, you know, we're in the world, we're, 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 we're not of the world, but we are in the world. And... We want to be people who are interacting with, you know, music and and movies and and art and thinking about, you know, what what does it mean for a Christian to have that type of creative expression? So we're going to be talking about that for a, a part of our episodes moving forward, but we're also going to be continuing to talk about other issues like church issues, political analysis, current events, a lot of the things that we've focused on in the past. So, I'm saying all that to say that, you know, our podcast is going to be more segmented moving forward so that when you see this change, you know, just letting you know that it was an intentional change. And, we're you know, we're still looking forward to having interviews as well. We're still going to look to interview people. And, you know, so that's, none of that stuff's going away, but we're just trying to be able to, a little bit more diversified moving forward. And we've also given... Uh, a special segment moving forward to Clay (laughs) who will what's it called Clay let him know
3: it's the it's the stoop man it's the stoop
0: (laughs) that's it you just talk about what's going on with your boys girls at the stoop uh, yeah, low-key being prayer for Clay because, you know, um, <laughs> I, I I wonder what he's going to be talking about, man. You know, this man's trying to be the next Charlemagne now, but I, I really feel like Clay <laughs> has a lot to say. You know, if you paid attention, man, he's always going on these little mini rants <laughs> in the episode. We, we thought it would be fun. Let's give him his own segment. So, so yeah, that's going to be happening moving forward. And, you know, we appreciate your feedback, man. Like, we appreciate... You can always email us at cityimagepodcast at gmail.com or message us on our social media to let us know what you think. And we're we're always looking to provide contact that you want to listen to, that you want to hear. So please continue to uh, update us. So, yeah, yeah. thank you uh, so much, man, for continuing to rock with us in 2021. And we will look forward to continuing to just edify and encourage and give wisdom as best as we've gotten it from the Lord. So, yeah, keep it locked. I mean, you are listening to the City Image Podcast. We will be right back. All right. All right. Welcome back to the City Image podcast. We're gonna start this thing off, man. We wanted to actually recap at a time of this recording. It's the day after the Super Bowl, and you know, obviously Tom Brady, who is the goat right now, established, in my opinion, probably the greatest American athlete of all time. Seven championships, ten Super Absolutely Bowl appearances. Not. Absolutely People probably. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Clay shaking his head. <laughs> He's angry. <laughs> I'm Absolutely triggering nah. already. <laughs> nah, I got words. I got words for that. I got words
3: for that. <laughs> I got words, for
0: that. but you, yeah, we wanted to just you know just do a little, a little a little reflex. You should be ashamed of yourself. As a
3: black man, you should be ashamed. <laughs> and, and when you, when I tell you why you should be ashamed, <laughs> you're gonna feel it. You feel it.
0: Oh, man. You know, somebody was telling me, look, man, yo, we cannot acknowledge Tom Brady the GOAT. Not not during Black History Month. <laughs> Can't do it. But he, he's
3: not even the GOAT. He's not even the GOAT, all right? You have statistics. You know, people say, okay, the most winning percentage in your sport. I'm sorry, you only play 18 games, homeboy. You spend most of the time running. I don't want to hear it. Second of all, last time I checked, Michael Rosalie Jordan mm-hmm. out here Every time he went to the finals. Every time he went mm-hmm. to the finals, he got the job is done. is only six
0: times, by the way. Ta- last time I got checked. got six times.
3: Huh? Because he, he didn't want to. You don't think he could have? <laughs> and he lost the He was it, like, oh, let me go play baseball. <laughs> he was
0: like, times. let me go
3: play baseball. Hey, look, it's not about that. The point is, when he's in the game, he's getting it done. Regardless, Tom Brady, I'm sorry, last time I checked. Okay. Last time I checked, my
0: Giants. My Giants. Hey, Mine too. I bet, listen, I don't, I don't listen. I'm a Tom man. Brady hater. <laughs> but you can't be the greatest I, when you have
3: somebody who is literally undefeated in the championships. How? How? I don't care who, how many who, you
0: got. I don't know, man. Getting,
3: getting Michael Jordan's undefeated, undefeated in the dance. When you get to the dance, he shows up. He's hitting the Dougie. He's doing everything. When he gets to the dance, that's it. So, black people, that's what you have to say. That's, anytime someone's like, oh, oh, Brady's the GOAT, we know, we know who he is. We know who Tom Brady is. All right. <laughs> hey, why do you think he lasted so long up north? You know what I'm saying? Why do you think he lasted so long in New England? I'm just saying, did he take a knee? I didn't see it.
0: I'm just saying So he's not the goal Look Look bro Everything inside of me Right now Wants to go Yeah man You know what I completely agree with you I have hated on Tom Brady Ever since At least 2008 When he first fought Eli Manning in, In the first Super Bowl And I've wanted to see Tom Brady lose Every single Super Bowl He's ever been in But it is Absolutely insane For you to win Six championships At one team Leave that team, go to a franchise that's one of the it statistically was one of the most losing franchises in recent history in Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And your first year at age 43, not only go, he went through Drew Brees, Hall of Fame legend, Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and Patrick Mahomes, an up and coming great and win another championship i'm sorry man even me as a hater Tom, perpetual tom brady hater i gotta just i gotta give it go status man but hey you know what it's a great debate <laughs> and i'm not gonna knock people who want to have that debate but i just got to keep it real
3: That's nope it. i'm Hey, D- all day all day mj <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Sorry, so let, let's 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 move on. Let's move on. Let's, let's move on. All right, so there was a, 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 a halftime show that took place, you know, with with, with the homie, the weekend. Which I think, man, how was that? The weekend is an acquired
1: taste. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I mean, it's either you love them or you hate them, and I'm not even. Mm. You didn't Bro, acquire
0: the taste. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yo Lord, that's what you think, man. Did you acquire the taste, man?
2: Okay, so I only got half of the taste because I was not. <laughs> <Half the taste. laughs> I don't. I, football is not my thing. The Super Bowl halftime show it's after Beyonce I really don't care like who mm. if, if, like if you if your mm, name is not mm, Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter I really don't care who is coming mm. to the halftime show
0: queen b okay that's okay. right okay what you think We're about bruno mars though you think
1: you but again if your
2: name is not Beyonce Giselle Knowles <laughs> Carter with the entire destiny <laughs> child roster and everyone with her I don't really care like maybe janet jackson maybe rihanna like me ever that maybe but anybody else was like i don't really i don't care so the weekend it was like i don't think i was high enough to watch what was happening with I don't, I
0: don't do, <laughs> don't you I don't mean, do
2: recreational
0: when drugs. When you say hi, you, oh, okay, you meant drugs? She meant not at all. She, at not,
2: all
3: in mean, other, not other words, all. she
0: Listen, Let me way. clarify. This is a Christian oh, my Lordez, do we do we, to, do we have to talk about hey, some that's, that's that's a new no, no, episode. No, no, no.
3: That's a new episode. No no, no, no. I'm going to name I do
2: not partake in recreational drugs, but I think that was the reason why I couldn't quite get into it. I don't think I was high enough or at all in order to really understand All the mood changes that were happening, like I think there needed to be something in my system for me to be really able to appreciate like all the psychedelics that was happening.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay, Clay, what were you thinking? What's your thinking, man?
3: I was more like, dang! I forgot the weekend had a lot of bops, man. Let me give this dude yeah. some credit. But some of them songs are great, you got man. Some and bops, new man. stuff, I liked it. Yeah, I liked
0: he got it. Some bops, man. Uh,
3: listen, man, they're they're fun. It, it it is what it is. I you couldn't say they're bad songs. You know what I'm saying? But he yeah, has some bops over the years, and so I thought the performance. I you know people gonna hate him. I feel like what else can you do? Like. There, I, I, a big reason why it was kind of whack was there's was like, nobody there. there it, yeah. it, it didn't feel yeah. like a like yeah. a halftime show. I also, you know, do think that we, you know, some artists think, you know, when they're putting something t- together, they're like, oh, this is going to be amazing. People are going to love this. This is some genius stuff. And, and it flops, man. Sometimes you flop. And I, and I thought that performance was, was a flop for sure
1: thank you i feel like he's not a performer and so yeah. when you think about the halftime show you need like yeah i feel like you need a performer like someone who's going to like get the crowd moving especially during covid when there's no crowd so why do you pick somebody who can't even dance like he's he's not dancing he's not literally like he 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 really expected all his dancers on that stage to carry the show. Really. That's what he did. Yeah, but the basically dancers... Basically, really Mariah is-
0: Carey.
3: She's basically... Oh, <laughs> well.
0: I
1: mean... You, you ever see uh, them,
3: like, move her?
2: You ever <laughs> see
0: that? Like, they she
2: be doing that. i love mariah for that like she is such a diva she's like listen i am going to give you voice y'all move my body i love her (laughs) i want to be that level bougie that is just like i know what (laughs) i do
3: Would you take the weekend or Mariah? Do like like the carry me, Mariah, or the weekend over this?
2: The carry me, Mariah, exactly.
3: You not take sleepy Mariah. We need to make that a name. By no, come on, Mariah. you can't front Mariah's
1: voice. I mean, Guinness Book of World was was voice. Oh no, voice. Let <laughs> me <laughs> say something. I will. I will take cracking voice. Sing really and well,
2: whisper, though. sing, Mariah Carey over the weekend it, with with people carrying her across the stage. N- voice cracking, not whispering. I will take all of that over everything that just happened on Sunday. 100%. <laughs> oh I
3: was I was
1: funny. I'll, do, I'll take Mariah.
3: I can't. I can't. I can't. You, no. You didn't hear
1: <laughs> No. The weekend's voice was cracking on that stage. He could not, yo, you could I tell he that. was struggling a bit. First of all, his voice Listen. is not even that great. Like, come on like i
0: like it little you, michael no. jackson type voice Yo, yeah
3: but you are not y'all you're you're so do don't do it nah
1: listen you listen you're not he's remembering. not even he's from
3: he's from canada he's from canada so you, he his his vocal cords are used to a drier colder climate <laughs> and he was in in florida you know where where it's <laughs> the air is a little more humid and so well, he, 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 he was he ready and like, on top of that you don't know who his sound person was, okay? You it could have been an intern. It's COVID. They, that the the sound guy could have dropped out last minute because he got exposed to something, and uh, you got the I amateur mean, dude in there. You know, you just y'all just gotta have. If some we more gotta make excuses. Out. It's not he good. You, like you mentioned greats. Florida.
2: He sounded like young Miami from the City Girls, who is from oh, Florida. No. That's exactly what he came from. Miami.
0: Period. That's exactly what it sounded
3: like. <laughs> y'all.
2: Wow. Weeknd, or am I listening to the weekend? I don't know, but it was it was I was I couldn't distinguish the sound. I didn't know what song he was playing until the chorus came up. I was like, oh okay, okay, I get it. Cool. All right,
0: look, I, I you know in my opinion. I watched it, and for me, this is why I think what we got to stop doing. We got to stop comparing Super Bowls halftime shows together like if you're going to compare the weekend to beyonce or bruno mars or even what shakira and jennifer lopez did like of course he's going to come he's going to come up short like he's not a performer he's not a dancer you know and i made the michael jackson comparison but clearly michael jackson's way 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 better as a performer than the he ended up on the
3: top of the joint bro that was crazy
0: I I, I do think that The Weeknd has a good voice. I think his voice is very, very good. I I don't like there's some singers. I'm like, why are you even a singer? Like you can't sing. I think The Weeknd can sing really well. I think he has great songs, and I think that the the halftime show, like if you just look at it in a vacuum, which is impossible because you're not. Everyone's going to always compare. That's what it's what you do. You compare halftime shows. But if you look at it, like, I feel like if he did that performance and it wasn't the Super Bowl halftime show, people would be like, oh, that was a good performance. But I feel like because it's the Super Bowl halftime show and everybody's like, oh, we're you know, when Prince did purple rain and then the rain started like falling on him and every- we have all these legendary Super Bowl moments, Beyonce, like she did so good that like. It was a blackout <laughs> during the Super Bowl right after. Like we have all these legendary moments and it's like of course the weekend like it's it, it came up short, but I thought it was a good performance. I'm just trying to let people live and exist and not compare them that's just my take i don't know i feel like Maybe your
2: argument is like canceled out right now because okay, i'm canceled
0: okay the I canceled whole, myself. The,
2: whole <laughs> the super bowl is supposed to be an epic moment like the commercials are supposed to be epic the performances are supposed to be epic like everything about it is supposed to be the big game epic so if you are doing the super bowl halftime show there is a level of expectation that you're supposed to come with of like no this is supposed to be you're the best of the best and if you don't Live up to that. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, that was right. Like, why did you, why did y'all put that on a halftime show? That could have been at one of his concerts. Like, it just, yeah, that argument doesn't. Okay, look, I don't doesn't know. Look. I, mean,
0: I will say this. I think the one thing that he, I, I heard he spent seven million dollars of his own money on it, and I don't know how that happened because. course that <laughs> ROI, spending, <laughs> like, my dude? <laughs> you can't be spending seven million dollars of your own money to put together that kind of a halftime show, but.
3: Hey. Yeah, like, I feel like it was mostly on the mirrors. You know what I mean? What was that whole part about? Like, that we're going this way, but we're going this way. Wait, wait, where we're supposed <laughs> to go? What was that? The memes,
0: What yo, was that the supposed to represent? Like,
3: the one, it was like the, one, like me looking for my phone or something like that.
0: Like, <laughs> uh, oh, bro, the memes were hilarious, bro. I, I, I didn't know. Look, okay. Look, I'm not going to defend the whole thing, man, but I don't know. All right. Look. I give it a C minus. Okay, what's what, what 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 would be the the letter grade you would give it? I give it a C minus. I I thought, look, man, it's it was decent. It's not top of the class. C minus. A D. It gets a D for me.
1: <laughs> and and look, that's still kind of passing.
0: So at least I get to pass. <laughs> okay, there you go. He passed. Okay, that's fine.
3: I'll give i give him a I'll give him a C minus because I, I like some a lot of his songs, man. He got some bops, I'm not gonna lie.
1: Well, the
2: songs, I mean, the songs were like a B minus. I think I liked the flashing. Overall, I I would give it a C. Overall.
0: Okay, look. <laughs> he gave it a high grade to me. Yeah,
2: <laughs> so you know, I'm it wasn't,
0: look, it wasn't so- terrible. Okay, so look, he got a passing grade. It probably wasn't worth $7 million of his own money, but he got a passing grade. Okay. I think another thing, though, that I did want to hit on, maybe just briefly, was, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had three black coaches and two women on their coaching staff, and that was that was huge. They uh, the, the the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and a special teams coordinator, and then two women who are assistant coaches. One of them is the assistant coach for the offensive line. I forget the other one, but and that's a historic moment. The you know, first time that such a diverse coaching staff has ever won the Super Bowl so that was a big huge moment shout out to Bruce Arians their head coach for intentionally trying to you know diversify the the coaching staff so you know there was a part of me I was like ah, oh, Tom Brady I don't want to see him win but another part of me was like yo man you know shout out to you know diversity in the coaching staff winning winning a Super Bowl so I thought that was huge.
3: I really struggled with the head coach situation. You know, his last name definitely uh, <laughs> took some adjustment for me. I was like, when I first heard it, I was like, wait, what's his last name? But I, you know, I think that that goes to show. I, I mean, those people played football. The 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 people on the coaching staff played football. I would say, for the most part if you're going to coach something, you should have played it. And overwhelming majority of people in the NFL happen to be African-American. So we just have, you know, we, it's great that we're now in the positions that we should have been in for the longest time. Cause clearly, you know, they all play, you know what I mean? Like why would you not go to the person that plays? And the fact that you haven't gone to the people that, that played for a long time says something to me, but Hey, you want to win a championship? Get those who know the sport.
0: Yeah, that's it's funny. Bruce Arian said that you know <laughs> the uh, the for his black coaches, it, it wasn't by design that he he had them as coaches. It was that those are literally the best coaches that he knows, and so that just goes to show you that like there's so much talent, you know, minority talent that's just being overlooked like crazy in the NFL and we know that the NFL has a crazy history you know the Colin Kaepernick stuff you know n- no it, it, it the list goes on and on of of you know issues of race in the NFL but but yeah you know Bruce Aaron was like you know this is just this is just talent I just assemble talent so yeah that's what it should be
2: well I'm just amazed that this happened during Black History Month. Like shout out to that. Like I'm currently reading "The Warmth of Other Suns," which, if you have never read this book, it is phenomenal. It's a book by Isabel Wilkerson where it's about the Great Migration um, of blacks from the South to the North over that that long time period. And the book is so graphic and so excellent in its explanation of the atrocities that happen to black people in this country it is amazing to me so i i, I can only read a page a day because i get very angry and i'm like oh i still got to work with my white brothers and sisters cuz so i need to like only read a page a day so i can go in and smile but reading the book really highlights for me like when people say get over slavery it's like you really have no context in this country like it wasn't mm-hmm. just slavery it was everything after slavery, it was uh, Reconstruction, it was the Jim Crow era, it was the Civil Rights Movement, the fact that that only happened in 1965, and the fact that in this year of our Lord, 2021, we still have Black people who are the first of anything, just Uh, like, no, (laughs) I actually can't, I actually can't get over any of that, because we're still in the movement right now, so, you know, shout out to them for being the first, but I really just want to get to the point in our history and in our lives where Black people aren't the first anything anymore. Like that's, that I would, I want that to happen in Black History Month. Like Mm -hmm. Black people are in all different types of fields and we don't have to be, Remarkable anymore. It doesn't have to be exceptional for the fact that this person has this this position, or we're no longer the first because these positions have been held and filled by Black people, and it's it's just not a thing anymore. That's
0: real. Every wonderful day.
1: that and like I realized
3: that
1: like
2: we definitely recording by the way <laughs> <Got>
1: you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like it's not it's it's not what it's all cracked up to be you know what I'm saying and it's just like I don't necessarily think that you need to have a ring in order to like be solidified in a ministry mm. I think that singleness mm. is mm. something that gets overlooked uh, 100% You know, and like, there's, there's, there's a whole lot, like, there's a whole lot that needs to be focused on in singleness other than just being single and waiting for your mate. Okay. Yeah. I feel like if that was, I feel like if that was a message that I got, I think that if I had those type of influences, my vantage points and perspectives about marriage would have been a little different. And I think that it's, doing people who are single a disservice, mm. you know? Yeah. It really is. And I think that seeing a lot of single people who are thriving, love the Lord, is something that we need to see more often than not. Instead yes. of the, you know, happy-go-lucky couple that look all happy, but when they get home, you know, shop match, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, marriage down a drain, you feel me? Like, come on. Mm.
3: You don't see how much you like your parents until you get married. Mm. You, you know, I didn't I didn't see how much I was like my parents until I got married. And and that's not necessarily a great thing. You know, it's not always a bad thing. But it's not necessarily a great thing. But I, I agree with V. Like, I, I think the church definitely does hype up marriage. And, and you know what? Let me not. Like, it's a good thing. I think marriage is a good thing. I, I think Paul had his preference. And that's why he says, yo, this is just me clearly this is that's not that's not god's preference because he would not have told us to do otherwise but it worked for paul and i think that's okay but i think marriage is i think the danger of the way the church portrays marriage is not kind of given the the real because you begin to fantasize and become infatuated with the idea of marriage, but it's just you and you are you're already messed up. And then now you add in somebody else who's already messed up too. Regardless, messed up doesn't mean like you have all kinds of trauma. Messed up could be their family just did it this way versus my family does it this way. I'm a cousin to this. All these things are now coming together. And it's a challenge. It's a challenge. But I will say, for me, I wish the church sp- spoke more about to the real positives of marriage. And that you're doing life with somebody. I, while aspects of my life have definitely gotten harder by being married and having to be a husband and having to be a husband when you don't want to be a husband right now when you're, when you're mad is, you know, whatever. But you have like, you have somebody that will go into battle with you. The other things in my life have become easier. Like, certain things in my life have definitely gotten easier because I got married. Figuring out my finances, right? Like, uh, an area where I'm not strong in, my wife is very strong in those areas. And vice versa, there's things that I'm strong in that she's not. And I think if i'm if I'm relying on the lord like like and i'm I'm earnestly going to the Lord, then those good things in my marriage stand out, but I think of my relationship with God isn't great and i'll I'll be honest like my relationship with God has not been great during during this time it's been a trying time, a lot of things that I've been struggling with in terms of my view of the church and and all kinds of things. It's been, it's been a trying time. And, and I don't think I've operated in the best of my salvation, I guess. <laughs> right. I, ha- I haven't been able to be, you know, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know, man, because some of the expectations that get on you when you come up through this church system, it, it, that, that your spouse is going to be everything that you needed them to be in that moment. The moment you say I do, it's like a, a magical, the every, the vows that people make, I wish people talk more about vows. It is a promise of the person who I am trying to become, who I want to become for you. I'm not going to be that person on day one. This promise does not start day one. This pro, This promise is a process and I'm committed to that process. I didn't realize that's like that's that's what a vow is, man. Because it is impossible to live up to that standard. You know, I mean, it depends on who. If you, you know, what your vows say. You know, if you're like, I promise to be there. You know, great, you're meeting the mark, right? But the things that we definitely say, it's like, no, no, that's who I'm hoping and I'm trusting God will bring me to be. At some point along this journey, you will. I will be messed up and all that, and. I will drop the ball and you will drop the ball and we won't be good to each other and there'll be days where we're good to each other and days where we're fine on all cylinders and days where we're just making each other laugh like all day and that's your that's your homie that's your that's your best friend chilling with you and there's days you look at them like who made you? <laughs> like, who? <laughs> where did you come from? so I don't know I, I would appreciate it more and maybe the church isn't responsible for that Maybe that's just one of those things of life you just got to experience to experience. You know, but I definitely think the church does a, 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 a disservice by not, by kind of glorifying marriage. That's a, that's a not fair pressure. You know, especially on women. That That's a really unfair pressure.
0: All I want, man, is for the church to stop looking at single people as their unsanctified heathens Whoa. And you know, until they get married, <laughs> that's all I want. <laughs> because even if it's not explicitly stated, it's implicitly everywhere you go. You know where, you know, and and I think that marriage is a sanctifying force. I, I hear you, Clay. I hear what you're saying, Varlene. Like it is a sanctifying force. So it, it's it's not by coincidence that you know older. Married men probably tend to be more mature than single men, but I do think that you know I don't know where it comes from, man, but it's just implied everywhere you go that if you're single you're you're just less sanctified, and I did adopt for a long time you know varley what you were saying, this idea that you're not really gonna be advancing in ministry until you get married, and then when you get married. That's when people gonna look down on you with favor. That clearly you are you, you, you're you, you're somebody ready. And it wasn't until really that you know, I think part of the reason why I'm not even so hung up over the fact that I'm single anymore, even though I, of course I, I want to be married and I still think about it, but it doesn't bother me as much. Part of it is because I've been making a transition out of vocational ministry. Part of it is because, like, now that I'm switching my career, moving into tech, and still, of course, love ministry, I want to do ministry, and will probably return to vocational ministry sometime in the future, like, I feel less weight about being single. Like, it, the the vision where I have myself, I'll be an elder, lead pastor by this, this time in my life, a lot of that was like, yo, I, I need to find a wife to validate that, to validate my maturity, so... Yeah. And Paul's like, <laughs> yeah. And honestly, 1 Corinthians 7 was the, the 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 only chapter in the Bible where I had a visceral reaction to every time I read it. You know, a lot of people, they read the Bible and they're like, oh, my God, you know, genocide in the Old Testament or like what the Bible says on sexuality. It's so crazy. And I'm offended. I was like, yo, what, what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7 is the most offensive thing that I've ever <laughs> read in the entire Bible How dare he say It's better to be single than married How dare he That's an absolute Like there, There's never been a text I've read in the Bible That I'm just like I don't want to submit to this And when you come across A text like that That's probably the text You need to be meditating on You know My views have changed Man The last few Four years And It's definitely I definitely Appreciate my singleness Way more Way more You know So But Yeah that what you said, Varlene was just just spot
2: on, man, one hundred
0: percent. Oh, and by the way, hi, Lord. As yes,
3: hello, Kitty Pants. Right,
2: I'm still I'm still working, so I'm like jumping between That's the so, two. This is basically um, a
3: clubhouse.
2: Video. <laughs> I'm like, listen, I'm be real, real. The only reason I ever wanted to get married is because you could have sex. Like that's it. Everything else is good. <laughs> got friends, Thanks. I got family, I got I a career, I have you know, I get validated in all other aspects of my life. If if the only reason that if the only difference between my life and yours is that I get to have sex with somebody, it's like, oh, okay, cool. I'm way more content in my singleness because I live alone and I I realize how much I love my space. And anytime people try to come over. I'm just like why? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what what do you want? Like why? Like I'm always like okay, yeah, yeah, girl, come over. But really, in the back of my mind, I'm just like you don't have to. Don't. <laughs> so
3: it's, a, like, I don't know. it's a great thing, man. It is a great thing. I, I say it, cherish it. I, I will say, however, life is seasons, and while that season sometimes works for someone's entire life, and that's a beautiful thing. And sometimes it changes like for me, like I, I was getting real cool with like, you know, maybe the celibacy is, you know, maybe I don't, I maybe Paul was on to something for a while. I was like, man, I'm living on my own and I have to answer to anybody and, and do whatever I want. And, you know, it, uh, it changes. Sometimes you meet the right person and it, and it changes or the right circumstance and changes or whatever. But
2: celibacy is the only me. thing I want to
1: change.
2: You live at your house
1: and I live in my house. Okay. <laughs>
2: Girl, <laughs> yeah.
1: boy, yo, that's the life. Like, why <sighs> can't that be the situation? But we are we are I I
2: you know, I'm committed to you, you're committed to me. You just you go there and I, I'm here. But if <laughs> if somebody asks me to marry them tomorrow, I'd be like, okay, let's get married. But it just is like now my my desires for marriage have shifted because I like my life. Like, I really like my life. Yeah. Um, You're
3: going to be so hearing that in the episode and be like, yo, she said it. She said they. Asked, if I ask, she'll say yes. What's up? I wish
2: yeah, I would say- she would. Because you know what? It'd be all these dudes. It's like, oh, I like her. And don't say nothing. <laughs> okay, you like me, and. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: That's
2: what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> what am supposed to your life? You. Nothing. Life is so, so short not is. to say
3: what you want, man. Life is so short not to say what you
2: want. Oh, it's so annoying. And I've had so many instances of, oh, you know, someone so like you and what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Damn. I don't mean nothing to me. Is he Is
3: he going to tell me that? Okay, then. <laughs> Great. Yo, why do people always want to be in the mix? Like, yeah, actually, why, hear, so why, why am I hearing from somebody else that you feel?
0: You know, actually, I was I, I was I was, having a conversation with Rich. Yeah, my name is Rich the Husband, Young Flatbush, one of the founders of the City Image Podcast. And I was telling him, I was straight up, like, I don't even think I need the the emotional sort of intimacy that like husband and wife give to each other it really does boil down to just that physical desire for sex and that sounds extremely carnal (laughs) and I think that a lot of that is you know when I get married I think that there's going to be a different I'm going to grow in appreciation for the woman that I'm with. So, I mean, obviously it has to be more than sex, right? Like marriage has to be, but I mean, I don't think we could ignore the biological urges that bring men and women together. (laughs) You know, it's it's just as simple as that folks desire to engage in sexual intercourse and that drives (laughs) the need for relationships and God designed it in that way. Because I do think that, if it wasn't for that, man, men would be over here chilling, women would be over there chilling, and we might, you know, chop it up every once in a while, but, you know, folks would just be by themselves, you know. Highly doubt it
3: because, you know, puberty, you, that you really are not a human. Like, you think it's going to be like the middle school dance boys on one side, girls on the other side. Nah, bro, do you remember what it was like to be 13? Do you remember 14?
0: Well, I mean, that's because we had we had we had these urges that 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 pulled us <laughs> pulled us together. That's what I'm saying. Like, if, if them urges weren't there, we wouldn't care. That's yeah. You know, I'm actually very content in my singleness, but at the same time, I do want to get married. I do. I want to raise children. I want to do all those things, man. I want to disciple. You know, my children. Like, there's a lot of good things that marriage brings that I want to have. But you know, I do think, man. As especially in these, like like when you're when you're in good seasons with the Lord, and you're really being satisfied with Him, and then you also have really great friends, like community, it does help with singleness. And that's why I think, you know, I think single people, if they find themselves in a the deep emotional need, I think some questions should be asked, like, how are you doing with the Lord? Like, how are you doing with with friendships? And that's not to say that you won't have romantic desire because that's a different set of desires. So I don't think you ever want to just condemn or make a single person feel bad about the fact that they're not married because it is a good desire. But I do think it does raise questions like, yo, how are you doing in other areas of your life? If you're feeling, you know, this deep sense of unfulfilled longing, because I do think that while, you know, in context, when, when God tells, you know, when God says, you know, it's not good for a man to be alone, he was talking about marriage, but I also think that that text can be broadened to include just real relationships with people, you know, so, and I think that a lot of our desire can be fulfilled, so, with with that, so, but obviously there is romantic desire, which is a thing, yeah. so.
3: The so other thing is like, <clears throat> the fear of not ever having that thing. Because I know people that you know, want to be married and, and it just hasn't worked out for them for a long time. And that's pain. That's a different type of pain. You know, what you say to God, then you know what I'm saying? And so there's so many facets to this idea of marriage and, and, and Christianity. My hope is that people would just stop judging each other a little more for wherever they're at, because it's so, it's so complicated. Like it's so complicated. I love being married. It, it's, it's great. It's it's it is not what I thought it was going to be. But what I find that it it's something more important and that is a choice. Like marriage, love is a choice every day, through the worst, hardest. It's a choice. It's it will not come easily. It will not well up inside of you in this love and doting over your spouse. Not as days where it's like you know, it, it's just painful and you have to choose to love them. That's what I'm saying yes to when I was talking about the vows and all that. It's like I'm saying yes to committing to this. And that's hard. That That's hard, but everything is hard. Everything is hard. The person who wants to get married and, and just, it don't work out, that's hard. Someone who's in a marriage and it's difficult, that's hard. Someone who's single and I don't know, man, I I think... Think, so, in other words, we're all screwed. Single, I married. Think we're all, yeah, I think we're all screwed unless we 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 become thankful, unless we start to focus on the things that we should be thankful for and to and to be present with where we're at. You know, I I feel like that goes such a long way. You you have to in every season like look for the reason to be thankful, look for the reason, look for God's love in in so many aspects of your life because no matter what path somebody has in front of them, it's going to be difficult and we shouldn't knock anybody for it along the way, you know?
0: it's hmm. interesting. You know, can, I just had a question, like can marriage, and, 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 cause you know, when I think about marriage and, you know, Paul, he makes this interesting statement where he's like, when you get married, you know, your devotion kind of moves you away from God and, and in the sense that you 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 do become more devoted to your spouse you're concerned about your spouse right and you know one of the arguments he gives in 1 Corinthians 7 is that when you are single you can be fully devoted to God and i guess for me you know one of the things that i've sort of thought about is that intimate relationship you know that sexual relationship that commitment and care that you can have for someone can you, can that be, can you be operating in the flesh in, in that marriage? Like, like, can you become, you know, like, not can you, because Paul obviously says you can't, I guess you, the question I'm asking, and I guess that's more to so Farleen and Clay, because y'all are married people, you know, but how do you know when you become that? You know what I mean? Because me, like, you know, look, if I start lusting after a girl, right, like, I'm in my flesh, right? Like if I decide to go look at porn or something like that, you, you're clear, like any sort of desire to gratify my sexual urges that is not in marriage is sin. Right? So it's, it's, it's clear cut for a single person that you're going out of bounds, right? I guess for me, like in a marriage, a married person, like how do you, how can you know that, you know, you have a fleshly attachment to your spouse? Is that even a thing? Like, is that a thing? Can that even be, like, discerned? How would you go about even discerning that?
1: Let me tell you, being a Christian does not equal that you have high emotional intelligence, okay? It doesn't equal that you have high discernment, okay? And so I think that a lot of times people think that they are... Oh, I'm Christian. He Christian. We gonna be good. We gonna be straight. We gonna be in the Lord, and we just gonna be praising the Lord and going to church on Sundays, Bible study, small group. We who who's well, I don't I don't believe what Paul said, and the, the the reality is no, that's not true. When you find yourself overly consumed about what that person is doing, how that person is feeling, and now your actions are dictated on how that person feels, so on and so forth, which is very easy to happen, which happens very easily in relationships because Mm. that whole I am you and you are me, like it's very hard to draw those lines and it's easy to cross over those lines. And that's when you know you're walking in the flesh. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You know, the Bible talks about...
0: So just to be mm-hmm. clear you're you're mm-hmm. saying like you can have too much of an attachment and too much of a like you can be overly concerned about what that person is doing.
1: Absolutely and that's yep. that's the, and you're like consumed by what that person is doing. That can happen a whole lot often like that can that that happens more than not, And some people think it's very normal, but it's really not. Like you're, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, carrying each other's burdens, but like you are not responsible for that person's burdens. You're walking with that person. Mm-hmm. And some people, sometimes people think that because you're in a marriage, now you are responsible for your spouse's burdens and things that they're going oh. through. And no, that's just not the case. You know, I think a great book, that I think all singles and married people should read is boundaries in marriage or boundaries in relationship, because Mm. it's very important to really recognize that, yo, the God that's the God in my life is the same God as that's in your life. And he, your God, I'm not your God. You know what I mean? Mm. And so I think it's, it can easily happen. Mm -hmm. And if you have really good discernment, you'll recognize that, like, no, I have to direct you to Jesus. You don't be coming to me with that. Like, yes, we're married, but like, go to Jesus. Yeah. Handle that with Jesus. You know, it, it can happen. Some people, I think it's often more than not easily recognized because it, you know, nobody comes to their spouse or anybody, you know, comes to their spouse with a lot of issues or problems with bad intention. However, sometimes. It can be more of, I want you to bear this responsibility with me as opposed to helping me just walk with it and di- redirecting me to the Lord to carry it for like, to, to take care of it as opposed to, I'm just trying to put this on you or we just trying to do this together type of thing. Nah, like, this is actually has to go to the Lord, like... So, was, yeah.
3: That's what, that's what I was trying to get at earlier, It's like... <sighs> You're not you're you're not responsible for your spouse's baggage. And you know, that's you know, we're talking about I think what is talking about is codependence. And that could be it's so easy to become codependent. And and like what I was saying earlier, like that's that's the danger of of kind of illuminating the fantasy of marriages because someone's gonna walk into that marriage with these unrealistic expectations of how things should be. And and that is going to be a hard conversation each and every expectation that one of the people in that relationship did not meet. Because when you do that, you're looking to the other person to kind – of look. I don't want to say be your savior, but to be this, like, Christian Hercules. And nobody is that person. That's the – nobody is that person. We think that they, they are, but no one is. But, yeah – in that, like, if, if my relationship with you, you could, if Elizabeth and I are having problems, I'm not saying this is always the case, but there's a good chance somebody's relationship with God ain't, ain't clicking, right? Mm-hmm. And I can find myself very consumed with what Elizabeth is doing, and she can find herself very consumed with what I'm doing, but it's like, what is God doing? You know, wh- like, I, I'm responsible for that. I cannot put While I can help Elizabeth with her burdens, she can help me with my burdens. It is all responsibility. I want to make that load lighter on Elizabeth. And I know she wants to make that load lighter on me. But I can't pick the whole thing up and walk it for her. She can't pick the whole thing up. But there's a personal responsibility that we have. You know, to the Lord first. If that's not first, if I love my wife more than I'm loving God, there's something messed up you know what i'm saying like and, but but what i i didn't realize when i was single is how easy that is
0: to do it seems like it springs from good intentions which is why it seems like it's so deceptive because okay. if you see that your spouse has baggage you you naturally want to help you know and of course you should try to help but it seems as if this The switch from I'm helping to I'm trying to fix you and Jesus should be the one trying to fix you. It seems like it's it seems like it's a blurred line at best if it's not completely invisible. And then you just wake up one day and you realize, wait, I'm literally trying to be Jesus to my spouse right now, you know, and I don't know. Yeah, of course, it's something I've never experienced, but it's just a question I've had, like, how do married people Keep themselves from that, you know, because I think as a single person, it's just I think the lines are a lot clearer in terms of what you should and shouldn't do. I'm not saying that there aren't blurred lines and relational sort of things that, you know, how you should be interacting with people. But I just feel like a married person, the lines are just so blurred in certain ways, you know, th- that you can I mean, some some things are probably more clear cut like if you're married how are you going to interact with other people but in terms of how you interact with each other it seems like it can be very blurred just just as a single man observing my married friends i get get in trouble all the time because i
3: i want to fix i need to fix it immediately and i don't need to always fix it and that's the beauty of marriage right this is the good thing about marriage it is a mirror it's it's a mirror being held up to you and that's a great thing right? Because even out Elizabeth would get on me all the time, I'm always trying to fix and I'm talking, I'm not doing enough listening. And I'm thinking like, yo, I can see the the logical solution in this. Let's, you know, just do that X, Y, Z, and you'd be good. But that's not what she needs. And that happened in my ministry. You know, I had a leader that, you know, was just going through something and he and and he wanted to get off his chest. And I heard Elizabeth in my head, like, shut up and listen like I was, I started to talk and I, and it was like lizard's voice. like, shut up and listen. And I stopped talking. I just listened to my brother. And and he was like, yeah, I appreciate you started to listen because I was getting tight that you just kept trying to do all this talk and it fixed the situation, you know? So mm. yeah, that's, that's your I'm wife sanctifying you. <laughs> that's but right. And that's the good thing. And I, and, and those are things that get added onto the person of clay that are wonderful and beautiful things. I I don't think I would have gotten that if it weren't for my wife, you know? So uh, yeah, the the real things you get for marriage are undescribable and and measurable, but they're, they're more nuanced, I think. And we don't take enough time to, to take an account for how the marriage has made you better because it's hard and the harder thing kind of gets the most attention, but definitely, a great thing, but a struggle for sure. I'm always trying to fix stuff.
2: So I have a question of like, how do y'all, uh, along the lines of what you were asking, Brian, of like not being so consumed with the person, but like, how do you, how do y'all balance your time? Because I literally, I had 14 seconds of trying to talk to this boy, and I was really trying to figure out how I'm supposed to be on the phone with you when I have deadlines I have to meet. I teach kids all day. I have family members I have to talk to. I need to cook, take care of myself, and then I have all the stuff that I'm doing in one day I have debt. I have, I have stuff to do and you want to be on the phone. Like how am I supposed to, How? Like <laughs> How? I'm <just> like, hey.
3: <laughs> That's what love is. A, it's a choice, dog. It's a choice that it, you you prioritize what's important. I I put I think 50,000 miles on my car to go see Elizabeth. in the, in of course of our, our of our dating and I, I and I'm not saying you're wrong for feeling the way you want to feel the, the way you feel. I, I think that at some point somebody comes along. You're at the right place. <laughs> somebody will come along, and and they'll be the priority. They'll be a priority. And and with all things, there are sacrifices that that you you make. If that person is worth it to you in the time, that's the great thing about dating. because You can decide. Nah, I, I don't. I don't want that. But. I think you got to make time for what you find important. And if somebody comes around, that's really like, that's, that's your person. You'll, you'll find the time. You'll find it.
2: Child, I ain't met my person yet. Cause I'm just like, <laughs> get, get, get off my phone. <laughs> like. Um, I want to sleep. I don't want to kiki with you. Like I just, <laughs> oh my god. Um, I'm at work. I don't want to
0: text you. <laughs> that's hilarious. Ooh, but you're not god. wrong for that. That's who
2: you are, and that's
3: wonderful. And that's who you should be. Um, like, that's great. That's mm-hmm. you. Somebody else will come along, hopefully that fits that 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 puzzle. Or you'll be willing to shift your puzzle pieces around.
2: Hey, I might hey, have to shift hey. because child. Be I don't be talking. I'm like, what? Oh, I guess you got it. I I think you have to entertain people. I I think that's how like people get in relationships, like you actually entertain one another and y'all like keep entertaining one another. Like I I'm I'm feeling like that's the disconnect that I'm having. That it's like, oh, I have to keep entertaining you. All right.
0: (laughs) Dang, I gotta keep relating to you. That's Uh,
2: crazy. I have to
0: keep keep on relating to you. Wow. If you have
2: a relationship, one has to keep keep relating so that's the that's the part of I- <laughs> like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. but this work
3: though mm-hmm. I like. yo what up what up city image family i'm here this is your boy young Cleasy. uh and i'm joined with my brother andy uh what's your aka Um, Trill Song United. (laughs) Uh, Trill Song United, we're here. Welcome to the stoop, everybody. This is the stoop. This is where you come and you get your stuff off your chest. It's a place for you to just see the world as you see it and just talk. You don't have to even be right. That's not what the stoop is about. You don't have to be right. But it's just a place for you to get it off your chest. And so, man, I want to take a look at, let's just jump right in. I want to take a look at the week that was. Andy, would you say a lot happened this week? Uh,
0: quite yeah, that I would
3: I would say that, yeah. We had we have what the Super Bowl, right? Tom Brady, GOAT status. People saying he's the GOAT. People are arguing that he's better than Jordan. There's the second impeachment hearings going on right now. Like, this is crazy. We're having for the first time in American history an impeachment after the fact. An impeachment after the presidency. And we're watching this unfold right before us, man. Like our democracy is is being tested right now right i could talk about that uh, i could talk about the COVID vaccine people still trying to get the COVID vaccine uh that's crazy COVID relief there's all kinds of things going on and i really want to talk to you about what i think is the most important and that is britney spears friday fx released a documentary it's an unauthorized uh documentary on the life of britney spears now y'all remember britney spears man she top of the charts everybody knew who she was loved her she was on mtv everywhere and then out of nowhere it seemed like britney started going crazy at least that's what the tabloids was telling us remember she shaved her head the whole nine this documentary really like focuses in on her life the rise and the fall we love this stuff the rise and the fall of celebrities right let me just give y'all the the breakdown of this documentary essentially britney spears is being held captive by her father Okay, she was she was deemed a uh conservatee of the state, right? Or not the state of, of someone else. And so her father is her conservator, and she's a conservatee, which means she does not make decisions for her life. She has been deemed incompetent by the courts, and her father is in control of her money and her personhood, right? Which is crazy. Her father decides when she goes to work. What she, who she talks to, who could come over, all aspects of her life. Meanwhile, homegirl has two kids who she hasn't seen. Right? It's a crazy story. I'm watching all these people who, you know, I don't shame anybody, but a little weird to be over 30 years old and 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 protesting and having free Britney signs and and everything. And I mean, it's turned into some conspiracy stuff, man. She's she's uh, on leave, Instagram. Leave, leave Britney alone, man. Leave that's Britney like, alone. That's, that's like what the they're trying. Movie. That's what they're trying to do. This whole time, I didn't know it was a whole movement, but it's a movement. Movement. People are really big. Show up to the courthouse with free Britney signs and trying to get her, get her free. And 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 it's a sad story. I take no no joy in this, right? I think the world, you know, for a period took joy in watching the downfall of of Britney Spears, but I take no joy in it. You want to know why I take no joy in it? Because that's family, y'all. That's family. Like, what you mean that's family? I'm a black man. Well, recently, Ancestry.com popped up. Guess who his cousins were? Britney Spears? Listen, I don't know how accurate that is. <laughs> I don't know how... But it came wow. up on Ancestry.com. So we're, we're cousins somewhere, right? So you're, and I was you're like, also related through marriage to Kevin Federling. Basically, that's years. my cousin-in-law. That's my dude, you know? and grew up in the same hood, but... Essentially, so that so he, sh- he kind of did try to appropriate that, uh, exactly that. But anyway, he did, he did. But look, <laughs> he definitely did. So yeah, she's she is she is some kind of cousin to me, and that got me thinking: how the heck is she my cousin? I'll let you figure that out. But that that whole documentary, man, it was a crazy documentary. I highly recommend it. But there's one part that stood out to me, and this part I think is the most important part. A lot of what Britney has gone through, a lot of what Britney Spears has gone through, I think in large part is due to the paparazzi. The documentary covers the paparazzi who was covering Britney Spears at the time. And these people were malicious. They were malicious. They were. I mean, everywhere. I mean, she go to the bathroom and they're there. You know, she sits down to eat they're there and they would ask the rudest questions, like questions that you can't ask a black person. Can't ask a black person these questions. You can't, you, you're gonna have to fight with the type of rudeness that these people approach this woman with. And the one thing that stuck out, man, there's this one paparazzi dude. And he's talking about how there was so much money being thrown around. So much money being thrown around, it is impossible to not take up jobs covering Britney Spears. For just one photo, people can make a million dollars. And so uh this this cameraman, he was like, Man, I, I, I wanted to be a filmmaker. I wanted to be a filmmaker, but that lifestyle sucked me right in. And we We're making so much money. And so you're literally terrorizing this woman who's going through all sorts of crazy things in her life. And you justify adding on to a, playing a part of it. Even though you may not have caused the whole thing, you played a part. And you didn't care because there's a check assigned to it. Interesting. What does that got to do with us? I was watching the news last night. I'm going to play a clip for you guys. This is from Bruce Castor, an attorney for Donald J. Trump. This is what he's got to say on these impeachment hearings. And he's speaking specifically towards Donald Trump's responsibility for the uh, riots. Here we go.
2: Just because somebody gave a speech and um, and got
3: and people got excited, that, that doesn't mean that the speech makers' fault. It's the
2: people who got excited and, and did what they know is wrong.
3: It's the people who got excited and did what they know is wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what I think one of the biggest glaring issues we face in our country. It is a complete and total lack of taking responsibility for your own actions. Bruce Castor is making an argument that Donald Trump should not be held accountable for inciting riots. Uh, in his words, he says, just because somebody gave a speech and people got excited, that doesn't mean it's the speechmaker's fault. Let me tell you something. That right there, my kid, if you... If you raise your kids with that type of, like, teaching, I don't want my kids to play with your kids. you're, you're, You're not doing a good job as a parent. If your kid clearly does something messed up and then you come up with every excuse so that they don't have to take responsibility for that, how will they grow? And our entire country, our entire history of our country, from the time of slavery to now, it's the same rhetoric. It's the same rhetoric. It's the people who got excited and did what they know is wrong. If I hear one more time, slavery was a necessary evil. You got caught up. The money was too good. And that has carried through until today. And we see it on full display. One, I'm a slave for you. Totally hits different now. I can't listen to that song with the same. But you know what, though? You know what, though? it's hit me baby one more time until you free my cousin britney homie otherwise america i think we're doomed that's it peace
0: all right guys wow great episode it's so good to be talking with you guys again i thoroughly enjoyed it man i think we're gonna have a, another great year of the city image podcast uh signing out man this is bryant the theological giant
1: Varlene, the wild thornberry
2: floor destiny to standing in her personhood in 2021 and um happy black history month because i'm an hbcu grad so yeah do all that
0: i'm an hbcu attendee so there you go and i'm black <laughs> so that's all i need
3: <laughs> 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 it's your boy clay aka young cleasy aka donald sterling
0: and uh, i think i was appropriate <laughs> okay all right that's guys it. see you in the next one city <laughs>